Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Today, uh, I'm going to be covering animal cruelty in a slightly different way. And for those of you that are thinking I'm RSPCA bashing, yeah, I am. Absolutely. Uh, RSPCA, feel free to contact me. I'd really like to hear excuses. I've, and other things as well. And this basically comes after the last couple of weeks from personal experience and also the plight of our Brumbies, which I've pretty much kept quiet about until now. Started the week with, um, yeah, those change.org and, and all those petitions. And there was one that I got sent to my box. From October, Whittlesea Council will be taking over the management from the Epping Animal Welfare Facility from the RSPCA, which provides pound services for Moreland, Darabin and Whittlesea Councils. For those of you that don't know Melbourne, that's a really large area or three uh, separate shires or whatever you want to call them council areas with an awful lot of animals. Whittlesea in particular is very, very big. They're planning sweeping changes to shelter operations, which if implemented will result in far greater numbers of animals being killed rather than rehomed. We're already killing too many. This is due to, and then they start with an end to animal adoption. So Whittlesea is closing the door to the community. There'll be no longer be any animal adoptions at the shelter. Unclaimed strays and surrenders will only get out alive if the rescue group agrees to save them. But um, rescue-run volunteer groups don't have the capacity to save them all. There are so many at Whittlesea. Morland and Darabin's 2,000-plus unclaimed and surrendered animals annually, so that's over 2,000 for each, um, were not consulted about this plan. So basically they're just going to kill them. There's no funding for rescue groups um, and the RSPCA has been ordered to empty the shelter. So in other words, you've got to get rid of them all or kill them all before we take over. And there's over 200 animals there at the moment. So basically change was um, calling on them to ensure that the animal adoptions stay there and sadly there aren't that many adopted from out there. I actually used to work in that area so I know it provide funding to uh, rescue groups for basic veterinary and basic of course is mainly desexing and guarantee the uh, safety of the animals at the shelter and of course this is something no one wants to do because no one will take accountability or responsibility anymore. Accountability and responsibility are something I've been coming up again and again with in the last little while. Now, many of you know about my um, last horse, Swagman. I uh, got him from a girl who uh, basically rescued him. He was going to the knacker. 
the trainer decided to send him. The One of the strappers there decided that he was much too nice to kill, for which I totally agree, I might add, um, and begged this girl to take him. She did put him in a paddock to because he was very, very thin, put a bit of weight on before she started doing anything. I got him after she'd had him a couple of weeks and the rest, as they say, is history. Now, for those of you that don't remember, when I got him home, it was under the proviso that I checked him for the malformation because, sadly, so many of the standees have the malformation at the moment. Um, He didn't. However, he had fractures and bony changes to both hocks. He had a large bone chip to the right hock. He had his Achilles on the right-hand side. His Achilles tendon was pretty much severed. He had the... Uh, pectoral muscles torn off the sternum and he had major damage through the right side in particular both sides of the neck he was lame in the right front leg as a result of the uh, damage to the neck and he also had the um, area of the girth all the muscles were pretty badly torn there as well so why on earth would you take on a horse like that well partially because I couldn't be fagged toddling four and a half hours back up to where he came from, but mainly because he genuinely was such a nice horse. A beautiful, beautiful temperament, as so many of the standees do. So in four, I had swag four months and three days. In that time, I healed the Achilles tendon, which you know, tendons generally take a lot longer. Um, the mus- All the muscle damage, whole body was sorted, um, undid the damage to the bony damage to both the hocks, got the uh, bone chip in the right hock down by about 60 or 70%. Unfortunately, because he wasn't treated properly and his body had so much inflammation, he went on to develop bone cancer in that right shoulder, which is in horses is incredibly rare, but when injuries happen, they do happen at the... Uh, site of old trauma which he most certainly had had and yes there is no cure and in the three or four weeks between the two x-rays that we'd done um, it went from oh there's a bit of bony change on one shoulder to um, scapula shoulder joint and down the leg so you know he went the next morning that was that however when I started doing a bit of digging because in my book um, if he'd been treated properly that wouldn't have happened. And that's what made me so angry. You know, he should have been treated properly and fully at the time, any horse that's injured. And people say, oh, but he was going to go to the knackers. Well, yeah, but the system needs to change. The problem is that as long as if they can sell him to the knackers for 250 or $300, which is what they were going to do, get money for him, versus um, killing him on the property at the time, which is what should have happened because financially to look after him properly till everything was healed, which is in my book what should happen, you either euthanize on the spot or take full responsibility and heal the horse completely. But, I mean, yeah, it's the racing industry. We all know that's never going to happen. Um, you know, it costs them money. They're not going to pay the money because, remember, this is pure economics, animal welfare does not come into it at all. And I'm sorry, anyone that thinks it does, you're kidding yourself. So what did I do? Well, I was somewhat peeved, as you can all imagine. So I rang Harness Racing Victoria again. They're pretty sick of me, I might add. And also the RSPCA. 
and I did a little bit of digging. Digging got my blood pressure up more than it's been for quite a while, I might add. The uh, so-called trainer, where my swagman had come from, he's been in court multiple times for match-fixing. Now, wouldn't you think a guy that's been banned from having horses, been in court for match-fixing, wouldn't you think Harness Racing Victoria would be keeping a very close eye on him? No, you'd like to think so, but no, they don't. Why? Because he's too far away. He's right up the north end of Victoria, so it's much, much easier. I mean, if the guy had been at Warrigal or he'd been at Mooney Valley, he probably would have been very closely scrutinised and the whole incident probably wouldn't have happened. But no, too far away, too hard to make the effort to check on him regularly, so we just leave him. And swag happens. They did do an investigation. Of course, you never get told anything, but I do accept that the burden of proof, because it happened nearly 12 months ago, I do accept that the burden of proof, because of all the legal BS, um, was too high. And I sincerely hope I rattled some cages. But don't think, mate, I've forgotten about you or that this is the end of it, because I haven't. Now, RSPCA... Um, the Royal Society of Jokes. I phoned the RSPCA. The people you get on the phone are quite nice to start with. She was um, very excited at potentially getting a trainer because um, most of the RSPCA inspectors hate the racehorse trainers. Funny that. So she asked for everything. She wanted every email. She wanted anything I'd put on social media. She wanted the x-rays. She wanted the vet reports. She wanted the whole box and dice and said, the more information you can get me, the better chance we've got of getting a conviction. We, I might add, was the word. So I spent a couple hours collating, going through the old files. You know how it is. How much stuff you store on your computer and then you can never find it. All of that. Sent it to the RSPCA. Waited a couple of weeks, nothing. Sent them an email because I'd been given the case number. No response. So I called them. Waited online for half an hour before you actually get on to anyone. To be told, and I quote, it's none of your business. I said, I beg your pardon? This is my horse. You've asked for all this information. I've sent it. None of your business. I said, so how will I know if it goes to trial, if he gets charged? You won't. None of it is your business anymore. I, and that, I kid you not. They quote privacy. So, and I said, well, wh- how do I even know that you've investigated anything? You don't. It's none of your business. Go away. Not kidding. That, my friends, is the RSPCA at, um, at the moment. Or forget all the pretty pictures and all the rest of that. There is absolutely no accountability and no responsibility. They quote privacy because it's convenient. It's purely a government thing for bugger off. We don't want, you, you know, we'll take your money, but we can't be bothered actually being accountable, responsible, or letting you know what's going on. And I get the whole court thing, absolutely. But I think if you spend an hour and a bit, if this was your normal and inverted commas business world, I'd expect a report. A couple of lines of an email, sorry, couldn't do anything, 
too long ago, whatever, fine, I'd expect something. But to be told it's none of your business, um, I find, and not even to answer an email, I find completely unprofessional and unacceptable. Now, to the Brumbies. We had the Brumby Coal here in Victoria, which I didn't say much about because at the time I was just too bloody mad. Now, don't know how many people can justify happily flying along in a helicopter, shooting at an animal and not caring whether it lives or dies. Um, you know, not worrying whether you've shot it and it'll die over days in agony. Hey, uh, theoretically, it's a feral horse and they, the Invasive Species Council is so full of it, it's ridiculous. None of them, I'll guarantee, have gone up there and actually know what's genuinely going on. Um, and for anyone that's listening, yes, I have been up there. I used to ride up there quite regularly. I know the area fairly well. Not as well as a bushy, but enough to know what's going on. And, of course, you know, there's a huge feral pig and feral um, dog population, unfortunately, because many, many people, um, particularly around Mount Disappointment and so forth up at the back of Whittlesea, that um, – since the RSPCA said you have to book a time to um, surrender a dog, are just dumping them up there. It's heartbreaking. There are so many wild dogs put there that people are just dumping rather than taking, again, any accountability or responsibility. And, of course, the wild pigs and the wild dogs are feasting on the wild horse carcasses. So, you know, they're the – and particularly the wild pigs are what does the damage up there. But, hey, you know, we're – there's plenty of trapping and sterilization. They've done it in America. They're doing it really well. They're managing their feral horse populations. But no, Victorian government, forget it. Actually make an effort. We all know that's never going to happen unless it's something Dan Andrews wants. New South Wales just killed a whole bunch of Brumbies. There were silences used, which um, is actually illegal with professional shooters, I believe. Now, Again, this was a complete butchery. One of the stallions there was called Arrow because someone shot him a while ago with an arrow in the neck, in the neck and he survived it. And he and his herd at Kosciuszko were very well photographed. Now, these morons are making this great claim that there's 10,000 Brumbies, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, guys, you're talking out your ass. There's very few, particularly since the fires, very very few horses survived. Um, people, the locals, estimate less than 100. But what did they do? They happily went in all guns blazing and they um, shot them. Now, were they headshots? No. Were they humane shots? No, they were not. Um, with one horse, there was a blood trail for four kilometres, four kilometres bleeding out. There was another very heavily pregnant mare who'd been shot in the belly and left to die. She'd aborted her foal and bled out. Now, a lot of the locals were screaming because if you're going to kill an animal, you do a head shot. Now, if we did that to a farm animal or, um, you know, stock in the field, you'd be jailed. But because this is purely, make no mistake about it, folks, this is purely politically motivated, nothing is done. In fact, when people called the RSPCA in New South Wales and were told, oh, it was all done correctly 
And they went, beg pardon, have you actually been there? We haven't. Uh, We have, you have it, and this is what we saw. Oh, was the response. And when they asked for the person's name on the end of the phone, and I quote verbatim, I'm not sure I should give you that. Now, what sort of company tells their people, oh, if it's getting a bit sticky, you don't have to give the name. That way they can't chase you up and there's no accountability. And the minister, Minister Griffin, said, oh, no, it was humane. Now, I'm sorry, but in whose world is it humane to let a mere abort a foal while bleeding out over hours? That is not humane. That is animal cruelty at its worst. Now, somehow, because they've decided politically that those horses need to go, and as I've said, it is purely political. There are other reasons behind it. That becomes okay. I know COVID has been hard on people. Absolutely. It's been harder on the animals. But really have a think, people, and what kind of world you're living Because the more I see of late, the more animal cruelty I am seeing and the society that's supposed to prevent it is 100% government funded and owned as far as I'm concerned. They're not going to stick their head above the parapet. They're actually going to encourage cruelty. Remember the bull horses? Heaps and heaps of people had reported those. RSPCA did nothing. It wasn't until a Channel 7 or 9, I can't remember now, helicopter flew out and put it on mainstream TV that something happened for those horses. Several people on a Facebook group I'm a a member of actually said, um, particularly in lieu of Queen Elizabeth's death, now whether you're a monarchist or not, I don't care, that perhaps because the name is the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, um, that they should write to Prince Charles because, um, you know, the royals are animal lovers. And as far as I'm concerned, in no one's book should that be acceptable behaviour. You either headshot on the spot or not at all. They could have been trapped. There's plenty of people willing to do it. But no, the government do it their way. And their way is not acceptable. So perhaps the ultimate political would be if uh, the royal was stripped and it simply became um, Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Um, Maybe then, when they lost their royal title, I don't know. I would like to think something would be done before that, but no. And getting back to my beloved swag, um, I've spoken to several vets about it, or let's be honest, I ranted a lot, really, um, to several vets, and every single vet I spoke to said they were not surprised and that the RSPCA were, and I quote, two vets said exactly the same thing, pretty much useless, unquote. So next time you see either that picture of the kitten or the puppy in the RSPCA telling you, you know, oh, we love animals and blah, 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 and, and donate, have a really good think. Where is your money going? You know, are you prepared to donate to an organisation that says nothing to see, move along when something's shot in the guts and left to a border foal to die and bleed out or a blood trail for four kilometres, if that's acceptable. Because in my book, 
and most people's book, it is not. Are you prepared to donate to an organisation that takes no accountability or responsibility? And remember my swag for the Melbourne Cup because harness racing and the gallops, tomato, tomato, exactly the same happens in both um, areas of racing. They are not all the – why do you think they're putting in all this PR and films and that for how well the horses are cared for? Sorry, people, they're not. Again, accountability and responsibility. This guy has already been prosecuted for match-fixing, but hey, it's – and banned from horses – but it's all too hard, folks. And to finish, remember, I can't remember the exact quote, but basically um, evil things happen when good people do nothing. And unfortunately, fewer and fewer people are prepared to step out of their uh, line or, you know, stand up and say something. Remember, the animals need us. We need to be their voice. If you see something, stand up, say something. Who knows? One day you may need help. And is someone going to stand up and help you? Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, feel free to drop a comment and if you have any topics you'd like me to cover, feel free to PM me. I'd love to hear from you. As always, stay safe and until next time, remember when you can, speak up for and talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.